0: hey everyone the ugly ducklings podcast is back for episode three with your hosts rashida and bryce this week we're talking about sustaining relationships while you're married that said we have a featured guest my good friend asha from the poor decisions podcast hey asha how's it going
1: hey bryce hey rashida thank you for having me it goes well i have no complaints
0: (laughs) So a little background, Asha and I met when I was in grad school and she was in undergrad and we hit it off and we've been friends ever since. And I think, Rashida, you met Asha at a Viking Fest in 2012?
2: Yeah, something like that. It's, it Probably 2012, because I think that was the first time. Was it Viking Fest or East Carolina? Because I, I don't know if I'm, I feel like maybe I met her at East Carolina first. I was going to say, I don't even know
1: if it was 2012 or it was even like 2011. I'm not great with dates, but I feel right. like we were bouncing back between ECU and Elizabeth City several times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever the case may be, you are whatever a friend the
1: case. Both.
0: You know, you're friends as both. I mean, it's been so many years at this point. Um, and like I said, thanks for stopping by today.
1: I really appreciate you guys having me. I'm a huge fan, obviously, of you guys individually, but also the podcast. I've listened to every episode. She definitely does.
2: And Yeah, so I can say I'm a loyal listener and friend. Oh, yes. Thank you. I always appreciate that because honestly, you know, we do this podcast not like necessarily to like have all these listeners. It's just kind of like for us to vent and get stuff off our chest. But then to see like our friends actually listening is always like, oh, thank you. Like my friends do care. (laughs) Of course, We
0: we stand a queen. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm gonna like just dive right in. Right. So since you're a listener, you know that Rashida and I consider ourselves ugly ducklings from elementary to high school so that being said for the, our listeners how would you describe your actual archetype from elementary middle or high school whichever one you prefer
1: oh gosh do you want me to relive trauma I'm confused like, so I get a <laughs> I mean, therapy session after this
0: <laughs> I mean this could be a therapy session for you I mean we're not licensed or anything but a good uh- thing.
1: <laughs> Therapy, I, I support that. Well, um, that is a very good question. So I, of course, I'm not going to dig into my autobiography, but if I can do a brief overview, I feel like elementary school was interesting for me because I grew up the first, I guess, half of my life as a military brat. So we moved around a lot. My dad was in the army. So I went to, if I can think off the top of my head, I probably went to three, four, or five elementary schools, maybe, so, yeah, so that was interesting, so it was, as, you know, as a young person, like, as a kid, you're not necessarily constantly having to reinvent yourself, but you're, like, meeting new friends, so I can't say that I had, I didn't have any, like, lifelong friends until probably, my parents divorced and I lived in Charlotte the longest. So I think elementary school was just a blur. We just moved a lot. Middle school, I started like kind of coming into my own and then high school, I was like a club girl. I was in like student government. I was in like young Democrats, um, you know, national honor society. And I was actually voted friendliest in my senior class so Mm,
0: the leo way yeah
1: so very outgoing um yeah i was i I ran for class president my senior year i ran with well i think my running mate was president i was vice president so i was just very much like out you know out in these high school streets of charlotte (laughs) i know that's
0: right so i mean okay we're here for the uh, val victorian-esque uh (laughs) high school type of asha
1: yeah i wouldn't say valedictorian i think my gpa was okay but i was definitely social no social, <laughs> social valedictorian i'll take that there you go <laughs> academic not so much
0: <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for sharing um so now you're an adult you're an established am.
1: career am woman. i
0: though
2: yeah <laughs> i mean That's always the question <laughs> question I, mark <laughs>
0: it's not by choice it just unfolds. right right
1: <laughs> by default so, unfortunately <laughs> right
0: so that being said you're also a wife so Damn. um shout out to Bay, your husband Yeah, um, shout out and you're a woman that wears many hats you're a friend you're a wife i mean you were a student at one point how did you like manage all that i mean i guess really you know especially post pandemic even though we're still in it um you know it's on a pause because of the war but you get what I'm saying
1: (laughs) yes I love how you said that Um, I mean it's just another like pandemic we just cycled through pandemics like it's fine you know we're all fine millennials um that is a really good question so I think it's hard to even think about my life like bc before covid um Ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah it's bc
2: yeah, that's supposed to be the new oh my goodness the new term right like- right
1: right bc <laughs> bc me um i i really don't know how i bet ba- i mean i tried my best so i think that's just kind of the short of it um Before the pandemic, I was living in Greenville, North Carolina, very small, you know, small town, you know, everything's accessible within 10 minutes. And um, my husband, well, he was still my boyfriend at the time, decided he wanted to branch out, get a new job, which took us more west of North Carolina. So kind of closer back to home to Charlotte. And we we bought a house in I guess the winter like maybe november december of 2019 we closed january 30th or 29th of 2020 got engaged february 1st and then march was a pandemic oh so wow. yeah mm-hmm. so we were homeowners uh new new homeowners newly engaged and in a new city <laughs> right when the pandemic hit so to answer your question about balancing hats and roles, there wasn't a whole lot <laughs> of roles to balance at that point because I was worker and fiance and like obviously like many of us, virtual friend and family member, you know? So as healthcare workers, we didn't get a quarantine break. So we were, you know, hospitals, we worked separate, you know, opposite schedules. He works nights, I work, I work days. so. There wasn't a whole lot of balance um, there, but I will say that um, since we both worked in healthcare, we really understood each other as far as, you know, what we were going through, what we were seeing daily. So we really didn't have any issues as far as like connecting in that regard. But um, much like you guys with Rashida, you moving to another coast, um, we, a lot of my friends and family, we kept together on like Zoom. So we would do like family Zooms, Um, my friends that um, were I guess my adult friends in Greenville we you know started getting on Zoom which kind of evolved into a podcast so that's how kind of we we kept each other accountable so I don't think I really started feeling some semblance of balance until probably the end of 2020 going into 2021 i don't know if you guys share that sentiment but it was it was rough there for a long time
2: yeah the whole time you're like oh this is like when it happened that first week which essentially we've hit two years now um i was like okay i can see this being a few days i was like oh this will be fun for a few days and i'm like oh no you guys are dead ass we're not coming back indefinitely and i live alone and i just moved to another like state Mm, this is gonna be fun, <laughs> like right? Yeah, that's it.
0: Uh, gosh, what a time! <laughs> I know. I still have songs that trigger me from that March of 2020. Like I can never really listen to uh Chloe and Haley's "Do It." <gasps> no, oh, but I did learn the dance
2: because I was home bored. I- yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like a trigger.
0: It's like a trigger because it's like that was the song.
2: It like was, was, in the video
0: and the visuals like there's this uh, i just remember waiting in line at sam's club in the cold in the rain with Maurice's nephew and we're like trying to get in to get some
1: groceries it was just really a lot i feel my blood pressure already like <laughs> it's like a like it's like a visceral thing you know like it just takes you back to that
2: just treacherous time <laughs> Yeah, you're like, is there going to be toilet paper? I Oh, oh gosh. Oh, that was <laughs> toilet rough.
1: paper gate. Oh, my God. Like, I, I was, was like, at some you. point, I'm going to have to steal from work, like, borrow <laughs> these supplies. Like, <laughs> they got that half a ply it's not even a whole ply at the hospital like it's yeah. like half a ply
0: <laughs> and you know that hospital toilet paper would be so hard it might like scratch your little booty oh <laughs> it's just too yeah. much it
1: will but it's those me- <laughs> it's those mega rolls I was like how do I smuggle this in my scrubs like
2: if we need tp at home
0: like we're bringing that person to a bathroom stall or something <laughs>
2: Oh my god, I'm done. But that is the way to do it. You bring in the the big Louis. Oh, I'm sorry, the big fair bag. Yeah, <laughs> yes. black on businesses now. Let me stop. Yeah, it's black on. <laughs> Period. No, I was... but I don't know if that answered your
1: question. But yeah, it was it was it was hard. But we, you know, just do your best. And you know, I had the support of friends and family checking in on us. You know, just asking how we were doing, and we'd be like, oh, you know, living COVID life. But it's outside is opening back up so I can definitely feel like I get a little bit more balanced now with with all the roles that I have
2: yeah. Oh, yeah I was just curious like because you were working all days he's nights did you guys at least have like the same day off so that you could connect and hang out um actually
1: yes and no so I during The brunt of the pandemic. I worked full time. So I was like a Monday Mm. through Friday, one week in a month, an eight hour employee. My husband works nights and he does seven nights on, seven nights off. Mm. So we are the epitome of ships passing in the wind. Like even now, I laugh about it. Like sometimes I'll be like leaving out of the neighborhood and I'll see him drive by and I'll just wave at him, you know? So when it was, when I was working full time, it was some weekends and some evenings, but with his schedule, you know, he sleeps a lot during the day. So there wasn't a whole lot of that. Um, I kind of hit my mental breaking point with COVID and being in a new city and being a new homeowner um, around the end of 2020, I actually transitioned into working per diem which is like, I make my own schedule. Um, I'm still employed with the hospital. I'm still a hospital employee. I'm not technically contract, but I have more autonomy on my schedule. And that really opened me up to have more um, time to spend with like my spouse. Like we weren't gonna do a COVID wedding, but we were just like, what the heck? I mean, we don't know when this thing is ending. So we went to the courthouse, we had like 20 family members. Um, We got married and he said, well, now you can be on my insurance and you don't have to work full time. So I was very blessed to be able to transition to that work. And that's really helped us like connect and actually be able to see each other because otherwise it was definitely hard. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, two troopers for love, you know, I'm here for it
2: yeah so when people so to our listeners when someone's telling you they don't have time that's not Mm -mm. make time for what you oh that's right that's right i mean they they
0: made it work y'all they made they they, they making it still making still yeah
1: we're still we're still in the brunt of it i mean i definitely i think it's definitely a testament to like i mean you you know you use your resources like I, I know that I'm in a very fortunate situation where my spouse has like job security and I can be on his insurance but I think at the end of the day we just like you guys talk about emotional intelligence like he saw I was coming home I was stressed out I was crying after work and you know we we knew we were working toward like you know getting married obviously but just like him saying it's okay for you to like take a step back for your mental health and and your wellness because I'm, I'm a big component of not happy wife, happy life It's happy s- spouse, happy house. So he yeah. needs to be happy in what he's doing. I need to be happy in what I'm doing. And that's really what helps us bring our full selves to the marriage. Um, so it's worked for us.
0: I need to write that down. Wait, happy. Wait, what
1: was it? Happy spouse.
0: happy, Happy spouse. Happy house.
1: Yes, happy spouse. It's not all about you know the wife, and it's not all about the husband. I mean, you each have to, you know, come come with your full self to really make make it work. I think long long term longevity.
2: I agree. And I mean, I'm obviously very single. However, I don't really like when I hear men say happy wife, happy life, because I'm like, well, that's kind of discounting your feelings. And over time, if that's truly the way you're moving, that breathes resentment. Sure. Then, the next thing you know, you're like, you're selfish. I did everything for you, you did nothing for me. And when I talk to some of my guy friends here, the way that they speak, although they are not married yet, that's the kind of culture that they were bred in. So everything is, I have to pay for everything and I have to do everything. And she's just here. She's not really equally contributing and they're exhausted, which is probably why most of them are just out here in the streets and they don't got that's no
0: more. <laughs> right. And then you're also choosing to be exhausted because of like society and whatever family influences and generational trauma. Ooh
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah I I definitely understand that and I think Rashida you could probably vouch to this you know the the strong black woman trope like you have to be a hundred percent at home you have to be a hundred percent in your friendships a hundred percent at work like that shit is tiring I don't know if can cuss but that shit is, exhausting. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like just dropping that like you know, trope. I mean, I saw my mom do it. My mom, like I said, we were, she she was a, she was an army wife for a while and she raised three kids and then she got a divorce and was a single parent for a while. And she worked full time the whole time. So I saw that as like, you know, damn goals. Like my mom did it. She had kids on top of it. Like by the time she was my age, she had three whole children and she worked, she, she cooked, she cleaned, she did it all. And I'm like, sis, that may not be my like testimony, like yeah. that may not be it. Like, I think I'm gonna work PRN per diem because I need I need balance. And I mean, I, I feel like, you know, she probably won't say that it was like tough or she resented us, I'm sure she did at times, but I feel like our generation is definitely trying to strike that balance and like like you said, let go of some of those like ways that we were socialized to, to, to do it
2: all, be it all, all the time. No. And that's a good, um, kind of segue into like with the whole thing with balance. Did you feel like, and granted, I know COVID kind of made it different because you weren't necessarily having to go to baby showers or birthday parties or trips, but did your friends specifically your women friends make it like, Hey, I need more attention. I know that you're engaged or I know now that you're married, but I still want us to be connected. I don't feel connected to you.
1: That's a really good question. I, um, personally didn't have any of my friends come out and say that directly. I feel like going back to that emotional intelligence and just the way my relationship is set up with my spouse, we are so good with like being our individual selves. Like we first mm-hmm. of all, we, we're almost forced to because we work opposite schedules. So I learned in this relationship when he decided to work nights, that was when we were still dating. I was like, record scratch, what? Like you're right. Like, what about me? You know, I went through my whole like, yeah. you know, selfish, like, oh my God, I'm never gonna see you. But like I said, we we've we've kind of learned how to like br- like run with that. You know, like when he's working, I have like the house to myself and it's quiet. And that's the times where I would be like, let me jump on, you know, Zoom with my friends or let me check in with a friend, let me, you know, do that. And then when he's off. Because, you know, like I said, essentially, I have a husband maybe six months out of the year, if you think about it, if he works every other week, he's, you know, he comes home every day, but he goes to bed and I'm working so for two months for two weeks out of the month, he's actually home, you know, 50% of the time he's probably sleeping but I, I think I have a that window in my marriage where it's like, I have that time to devote to myself, to family, to friends. And I was just very intentional about that. So I didn't have any gripes with any of my friends. And my husband's like, yeah, like your friends want to come over? Bring, you know, sure. They can spend the night, you know, he's very yeah. like, cause he knows I'm a social person. He's more introverted and I'm more extroverted. So
2: no issues there. I love okay. that. I love that. He's like, yeah, have people come over. Cause I just think both men and women sometimes get can get lost in a relationship, you know, because sure. you are mm. each other's main priority. So it's not always necessarily malicious or done on purpose, but you're just, you just get so enmeshed that it's like, oh shit, I haven't hit up my best friend in three weeks, you know, and it's not, and you're like, damn, I need to do better. But some people clearly you and your husband are better and more intentional of like, oh, I have free time. Let me hit up my friend. right Other people, they're just so like overwhelmed. Sometimes they don't even think to do that. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I, I know I'm a, in a nice spot where I don't have to, you know, punch the clock 40 hours a week. So I try to be, like you said, intentional and um, like proactive about how I want to like spend my time and try to give, you know, put some water in all the plants as like ah, think, right? the yes. <laughs> you
0: play. Know, yes. I loving it. listen to the
1: podcast.
0: <laughs> you got to water them plants, everyone. You got to. And don't be complaining when they did. That's right. But you can always bring them back sometimes.
1: I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very amateur plant mom. I know how to take a little cutling and put it in some water, put it in the window, give that one some some TLC <laughs> and bring it back <laughs> to life.
0: There you go. So this is full circle, you know, and we're going to take it back to Asha and her younger self as a grown ass woman right now let's say we have a time machine and you could step in it and have a conversation with your younger self what advice would you give younger Asha?
1: Oh that's such a good question that like gives me chills just thinking about it. Oh, um, I think if I could give my younger self any advice I would go back to my high school self. I think that was, you know, a very huge, you know, turning point in a lot of our lives that, you know, juxtaposition between still being a kid and wanting your freedom and autonomy, getting ready for college. I would probably tell myself, first of all, stop being boy crazy. You don't need a boyfriend. That <laughs> was one of those girls that was like, I wasn't always looking for a relationship, but I always found myself in a relationship, I would tell myself, don't be in a rush to, you know, consider yourself settling down with the, with the one and just really take the time to do the self-love first. Cause I feel like in my, I guess, experience, I, like I said, I, I dated people. I had like long-term relationships from like high school. I had like, you know, a couple college relationships that kind of bled into grad school. And I don't, I think the point where I found myself in a secure relationship, which is now my marriage is when I decided to love myself first. Mm. And I think that's a very tough um, lesson to try to learn. I mean, I think whether you're, you know, male, female, you know, non-binary, whatever you consider yourself, I think you really have to do that work. And I think it allows all of your relationships to blossom, not just a romantic one, but I think that would be my my advice. Love yourself first, girl.
0: I know that's right. And you know, it's funny to piggyback off what you said, the last sentence, Um, when you really do the self work and try to love yourself and accept your flaws and accept the positive things about yourself, all your relationships do change. Yes. I've noticed that myself like I've always said I've I've been working on myself for a long time now yeah. and when I look at my the dynamics of my relationships now in comparison to where I was at back then they're not the same at all
2: yeah I agree yeah you have relationships now where you're both pouring into each other versus it being one way
0: a full glass
2: yeah when you're younger, you're just like, oh, I want to be friends with everybody and be mm-hmm. cool and be liked and be loved and have a boyfriend, have a girlfriend. Like, it's always it's all of that. And then some you are like, you know what? I can't care about pleasing everybody. It's about me first. And then True. the rest will follow through. And kind of Asha, to your point, too, about like the whole strong black woman thing. That's why I do like that our generation is kind of like no like throw that out the window because so many of our mothers and aunties and all this like have been doing all that and they're like at the brink of suicide or br- having a mental breakdown or like a stroke heart attack because they're trying to do too much for too many people and it's like no take care of yourself first and then you can help everyone else.
1: Yes, that is such a hard thing to uh, learn because you're just taught to just pile everyone's needs in front of your own and like you said you can't you can't really pour from a cup that's half empty like about they got two drops left like <laughs> it's tough
0: that's that generational trauma from slavery but
1: that's a, a I mean right like I said
0: <laughs> that's not the um that's the, this is not the Black History Month episode y'all you know <laughs> That is next February. Listen,
1: um, no, Black History Month is every month, baby.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> listen, you better correct me, baby. Every day. Every day. Okay. <laughs> um, so wrapping up, Asha, do you have any last words with us? Um, where can our listeners find you? Where's some upcoming projects you're working on? Just let us know.
1: Oh, thank you, friend. Well, uh, first, I just want to give gratitude to you all for letting me be on your podcast, Ugly Duggins podcast. I love this podcast, um, just because I would say I know you guys individually, and I know you guys as friends, and, you know, through the ups and downs, I just really appreciate seeing your friendship blossom, and this platform is amazing, so thank you. Um, you can find me If I'm not at work or at home or at the gym, (laughs) Um, I do have a podcast with two of my, I call them like my adult friends, Um, the friends that I made as a, you know, starting career woman at Biden Medical Center. We are the Poor Decisions Podcast with Lindsay, Asha, and Marcy. We're on, uh, I guess, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We usually drop on Mondays at 7 a.m., we are not as committed as you guys and do that many episodes. Y'all are like rock stars. <laughs> we do 10 episode season. So we're in our fourth season. Oh, um, okay. yeah. And then the summer you can catch me uh, at Bryce's house.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm moving to
2: New in. Jersey. Yeah. Yes. Yes. New Jersey will be good to you. I hope so, Rashida. I really do. Because
1: I got thin North Carolina blood. So I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs>
2: I it just
0: stop. You can't just say hi to everyone. Like, just just keep walking.
2: The only thing that's going to be really weird is you can't make left turns, okay? Jersey is the only place. That has, that has, yeah.
1: (laughs) And and the turnpike, I got, I missed my exit. And like 15 minutes later, I was like still driving. And I was like, bro, (laughs) where is a U-turn? Jesus, be a U-turn somewhere.
0: (laughs) I'm just so happy you didn't end up in New York. Because I mean, you're a couple (laughs) (laughs) exits away.
1: I know. I know. It's, it's been, no, it's been great. Bryce is definitely ushering me in and giving me all the tips and tricks to, to be a city slicker. Cause I am not, I'm very much out of my city life. I haven't lived in Charlotte since high school. So.
2: Okay. Yes. No, you'll love it.
0: <laughs> Cause we went to dinner and uh, I, you know, central Jersey is like a different state to me. So I had to do like TikTok research on a restaurant to go to and I was just letting her know, like, you know, it's not like this in South Jersey. It's a little different. So
1: yeah, I'm learning that. I've 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 enjoyed my time, you know, scoping out the lay of the land. So when I get here this summer, I'll be ready. I'll be ready for when you come back and visit, Rashida too.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna come back and visit. I miss the pool parties at Bryce's house. <laughs> oh,
1: Let's go. Oh.
2: Let's go. <laughs> Well, thanks everybody for listening to another episode with the Ugly Ducklings. Y'all already heard Asha plug poor decisions. So go check out the Poor Decisions podcast um, and we will check y'all out next week. Peace y'all.
0: Later.